Do you remember how you once said to me, you're going to go to a healer and you're not going to want to talk about it? Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's happened. Okay. you hadn't figured it out yet and just let me be the first you know or maybe the third to tell you that you're going through an initiation right now like you're in the midst of an initiation wow i'm not sure how to tell this story it started pretty simply with a business lunch and it was so natural and so compelling. Oh, and God. It's one of the best lunch ever. Number one lunch. <laughs> <laughs> Number one. And at lunch, I told Carrie Franklin that I had a podcast about healers. And she said, oh, wow. Have I got a number one healer for you? I had been in traditional psychotherapy for probably over 10 years. I had been in group therapy. I had been in couples therapy. I love therapy. I uh-huh. loved it all. Talk <laughs> therapy works for me. Like, you know, but I had gotten to a place where I was about, um, I was a year out of uh, a broken engagement and I was, you know, pretty much living with a new boyfriend yeah. and I was miserable. While doing this podcast, I've come into contact with a large group of men and women who, for whatever reason, married late in life, or not at all. But I was getting to a place where I just needed something more. I needed yeah. something spiritual. I needed something that would make me be hopeful again. I was not, like, thriving. I was surviving. And everyone I've met has a story where at some point they had a moment where they thought, I could marry someone that I don't really love, maybe have children, and be a normal person. Or... I could be an outsider. I was definitely in a very sad place because um, I think when you're a woman in your 30s, it's shameful to be single. I mean, it's shameful to be single when you're a woman, let's be honest. Anytime, (laughs) Anytime. at any time. But in your 30s, there's a special cachet, which is, oh, this is the time. This is when you're supposed to hustle and get it done. You gotta have kids. Right, you gotta have kids, you gotta get married, you need the photo album. And I had broken off an engagement. And as our friends start pairing off, we start to think, hmm, I'm not even sure what that looks like anymore for me. I was really just like scared because there was this stigma. It was like, what did you do? Yeah. Why did you blow up your life? This doesn't make any sense. And as you get older and your friends start having kids and the kids start growing up, it's as if you stayed the same age and they grew up around you. And then she sits across from me and she goes, okay, you're in a lot of pain. You're here for a breakup. <laughs> and I was just like, what? So her parlor track. Wow just had me immediately. And you often start to wonder what meaning your life really has. Therese did that thing where she made me, it's not just believing in myself, she made me go, of course this is possible. I started to believe like in all those little dreams that you go, oh, well that's not for you. Like that's for someone who's much better than you. Like you can't do that. Yeah. She started to make me believe that's exactly for you. 
And after a while, you can't even vision what exactly it is you're supposed to want. She taught me how to grieve properly. She taught me how to say goodbye to the past. But the most important thing I think she did, and this ties into my father or my mother or my my ex, was none of this was your fault. This is exactly what was supposed to happen. Have you ever had that feeling that you're living a life that is parallel to the one you're supposed to be living? And you blame some trauma that you had in the past that must have blown you off course somehow. No, my mom and my sister and I had um, gone to the grocery store and we had been gone for maybe 30 minutes at most. So you found him. And and my mom found him and uh, started screaming. And my sister and I, who was, my sister was only seven, I was 17. We ran upstairs and he was, he was gone. It's like you were zooming down the highway at 100 miles an hour and suddenly a car sideswipes you and you flip over onto the other side. And rather than stopping, you just keep on driving down the wrong side of the road. Therese made me really understand emotionally that these ties need to be broken and that, you know, I was not responsible for my father's death. And then suddenly you see a car driving straight at you and you realize, Holy shit, I'm on the wrong side of the road. Therese is that oncoming car. So who is Therese Sanderson and what does she do? Therese is an angel healer. Some of you may remember in a past episode, when I first went to Joy, she told me that I needed to do something called a psychic disconnect. She does work with the angels and that the work is an energetic disconnect. And what that is, is when you are enmeshed with somebody, you know, it could be your parents, it could be your children, it could be, you know, lovers or or siblings, and you just are stuck in that relationship. It's just like, ah, we can't get this to move forward and it's horrible. And at the time, she suggested a woman named Mary Hunt, which I couldn't go to because Mary said to me, In order to do this, you must agree never to tell your story again. And I said, I'm a writer. So like, that's tough. You can never talk about it. Where does the healing come in? I don't understand. But when Carrie told me about Therese Sanderson, I didn't even put two and two together. And it's not that she unplugs you or decords you from the other person. It's a wonderful process in the middle of which the energy between the two of you gets cleaned. If you had told me a week ago that I would believe in angels, I would have told you you were out of your mind. I mean, what are angels anyway? Okay, so I grew up Catholic and uh, I was always intrigued with the spiritual experience. What do you (laughs) see right now with me? Like, do you see actual beings? Oh, so many angels. I heard priests talk about it like, yeah, you know, they had these moments. They knew it, you know, they saw the light, they had this epiphany. You have like, oh, you have like 20 or more angels, at least 20, 25 angels with you. You have archangels with you. You have your spiritual guides that come in. And I thought that was so cool. I was like, that's awesome. That's fantastic. Yeah. And your angels are already... Well, your angels, everybody's got like their main guardian angel Mm -hmm. that's always with you. 
I'm going to have one of these spiritual experiences where I'm going to have some experience, see something, experience something, get tingles, the clouds are going to part, the light's going to shine down on me, I'm going to be like, <sighs> That is like, you know, protects you, is like so close to you, sometimes it, you can't even feel it sometimes because they're so like, yeah. almost like a, they're kind of woven into part of your aura and your energy. Wow. But it was never like that. And then, you know, the older I got, the farther I got away from anything spiritual. And But then at different times, you have different angels that come and go. But you've always had angels around you. But yeah. now, because you're working on yourself and you're, you know, letting go of a lot of past things, mm -hmm. there's more that are coming in. And because you're so open, wow. that's why they can work through you so much. Oh, wow. I thought I was having spiritual experiences doing drugs. You know, when you're snorting cocaine for four or five days straight, you you think it's some sort of spiritual experience, which it is, but it's more like a satanic experience. And do you see things? Yes. You do? Okay. That's my strongest. That's it. it I, but I have all of those gifts, but I'm extremely visual, where I can actually see things with my physical eyes yeah. in the room. Yes energies spirits ghosts you know people on the other side wow. not so nice things oh <laughs> i struggled with drugs and alcohol for years and uh it got worse and worse and um i got deeper and darker into the world of it and i was lonely and alone and lying and it was a mess just my life was a mess so i never doubted it and i think when i was young i would tell my family and they'd be like Okay, you're like, oh, you have funny ideas, or, hmm, okay, that's interesting, and then just, that was it. And then I thought, okay, this isn't going to go anywhere with wow. them, so I'm going to keep it to myself. And I tried to get sober, and I went to these AA meetings, and NA meetings, and CA meetings, and I was like, oh, God, this is fucking painful. I love it. Yeah. There were times where I was too open, where, like I was telling you, I got opened up too much. Yeah and it wouldn't stop so it, anywhere i went it was just like inundated with you know i'm seeing way too much so this dude he's a rock star and he sang this song uh, give it away give it away give it away now and his name was anthony Kiedis, and i used to sit in meetings with him and i thought well if this guy can fucking do it i can but then i realized like maybe i was just going to meetings with him because he was a rock star and i'm like fuck this fuck these meetings i hate this shit because really, we're meant to be here and have our spiritual connection and live in this world. Yes. And have access to the other worlds too, but have it be like this continuous flow. So I was standing out in front of my apartment on Bellevue Avenue one night. Sun was going down. Everything looked shitty. You know, junk mail flapping around in the street, garbage cans littered around fucking annoying dog barking and I'm waiting there for Anthony to pick me up to take me to a meeting and I'm already checked out I'm already in my mind I'm already driving to Venice Beach to score I'm like fuck this and then I make up my mind I, I, I just turn around and I'm gonna head back into my apartment and grab my keys and when I do this gentleman walks by me probably mid-50s Latino guy holding two white plastic bags of food he just come from the market or something
Angels are really um, created by God. They just do God's work all day, you know. But their angels do come here and become human. And he crosses paths with me and we lock eyes. And he stops and he says, it's a beautiful night. And I was like, yeah, sure, beautiful night. And he's like, you know, I used to have problems with alcohol all the time. And then I found God and I quit. And my life is fantastical. And he lifts the bags up into the air like his hands like joy. And the sunlight's coming through them and they look like angel wings. <laughs> and I'm not the guy that always looks for signs, but I'm like, what the fuck? It's a fucking angel. happening like why did he say this and then he like looks at me and shakes his head and he walks away and I'm like well that was a fucking coincidence like whatever I don't care I'm still gonna go score and then I stop and I lean up against this wall and I'm like fuck that was a fucking trip and I look down into a box which was next to a garbage can and Anthony Kiedis is on the cover of this fucking magazine and like you know there's little tags in the corner like you know they use a line from a song and wrap it into what's going on thematically in his life. And it was like how he gave it all away for sobriety or whatever. And I'm like, what? And then he pulls up behind me in the SUV and opens the door. And I'm like, okay. All right. This is a fucking spiritual experience. My angel healing with Therese Sanderson happened out of order. Carrie gave me her name at our business lunch, and I made an appointment before we had a chance to talk about it. So when I showed up at her place, I went in blind. Therese has a small, unassuming office in Studio City. Like every other amazing healer I've had, her website is nearly impossible to find, and so was her office. The gate was locked, and I found a way to get around the fence so I could get in. Hi. Hi. How are you? Good, how are you? I took one look at Therese and thought, she's a healer. And she comes across as ethereal and otherworldly. It sort of just comes like out of the blue. Okay. You know, Is that how you are, where you just bring it in? and? Yeah, but I also, when I, I can ask for specific things. Okay. And then they'll tell me. But her light exterior disguised the heart of a spiritual warrior. I feel it sometimes like there will there'll be times where um, my heart starts to burn a little little yes. and she's like I'm working on your heart chakra. Do you feel it? I'm like, yes, I feel it. I feel it. Like Carrie, she immediately zoned in on some really personal stuff in my life that no one could have known about. She never touched me once, and yet I felt this weird presence. I felt like somebody, like a 300-pound person was lying on top of me. And it wasn't, it wasn't uncomfortable, but it wasn't comfortable. <laughs> it was a 300-pound person <laughs> lying on you. And she told me that the angel Michael was around me, and the angel Gabriel was around me, and that I had been protected in many situations throughout my life. But it, at the same time, lightness. At this, mm -hmm. I know it's so hard to describe this thing. It's hard to describe what she does, and I think it's actually perfect that this is the one time 
you went before someone told you what it was really gonna be like. I didn't feel emotional. I felt very disconnected from my body as if I was watching the scene from above. And one of the first things she asked me was if I was aware that I was also very empathic, like her, and did I know what that was? And I said, well, I'm aware that I tend to pick up other people's emotions. And she said, yeah, that's part of it, but there's a lot more to it. And then she told me I had blocked off that part of me from a very young age and said, I may start to become more empathic now. And at the end of the conversation, I knew something had shifted, but I could not put my finger on what it was. All right, well, you did great today. Thank you. She asked me if I had anything going on that day, and I said I was meeting my friend Deb for lunch. And she said, ooh, well, you might be a little tired. It was the middle of the day, so I thought, okay, how tired could I be? And she said, I should maybe ask the angel Michael to protect me on my drive. And by the time I got to the car, I thought, wow, she's right. I'm exhausted. So I did a little prayer to the angel Michael and said, hey, watch out for me on my drive, would you? And as I was driving, for the first time, I heard this very clear voice in my head. And it had a quality unlike anything I had ever heard. And it was something like this. Don't worry. We'll get you there safe. It's good that you're going to see Deb. You can talk about all this. Okay, what the fuck is happening? It's all good. Don't worry so much. I'm here. Ask me anything. Okay. Who are you? I'm your higher power. I'm an angel, I'm your guide, whatever you want to call me. Okay, maybe I'm going crazy. Did this woman just crack me open? Oh yes, you're open now. And you can rely on us. Okay, man. Oh man, I'm so tired. We will get you there. Take a right. It's a shortcut. Yeah, okay, right. Thanks for the driving tip. Oh, wait, you're right. This is shorter. No problem. Okay, so I can ask you anything? Yes. Okay. Uh, was my mom adopted? We've always wondered. Yes, she was. Okay, there's no way of proving that, so that was stupid to ask. Oh, you want proof? Yes. Oh, shit, there's no parking in here. Hang a right and someone will pull out. Oh, okay. And as I turned the corner, someone pulled out. And I pulled in. <laughs> and I burst out laughing and thought, oh my god, my higher power is finding me parking. <laughs> And then I saw Deb and... We spent a couple hours. You were like, well, you were blown away. Did I say that I was hearing a voice? Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's where like it, it opened. Yeah. You were just, you were connected. You just really came from that feeling, I don't know, it just seemed right. And by the time I got home, I was sure I was going insane. And then I thought back on all the advice I'd been given through all the healings that I'd been through. It was the journey of the wounded healer. Okay. And so we took the kind of mundane, the granular, and we elevated it to what is the story here? What is the mythology? What is, what is it I'm telling myself? There's somebody for everybody. Right. There's a lid for every pot. I don't think that the severe pain that I ended up like 
motivating me and, and, and spawning this kind of creation or discovery came until after I had done a lot of deep therapy about the things that were traumatizing to my soul. And, and for five years, it was like, like it was literally like a mystical path mm -hmm. took me. Dude, the whole key to life is surrender. At the end of the day, what I believe is, is that I was talking to myself, but talking to my higher self. Right. And you can you can call that whatever you want to call that, but that was my version of that, and I did that for years. Yeah. Uh, you're sick? Okay, I know. You're very um, difficult. And I, you know, I don't know if I had questions. I just wanted God to listen to me pontificate. Oh, wow. So yes. you were like, I gotta tell I was you something. Yes, I was monologuing, girl. But I wasn't monologuing. I was dialoguing. Circulation is a little bit, has increased significantly. You even notice the area around your brain, the area around your face, even around your whole body. And just take a deep breath in and exhale. Perfect. And that night, I had one of the worst dreams of my life. I was in a house on the second floor. And when I went down the stairs, snakes came out of the floorboards and killed all these kittens that were playing there. And the first floor was a raging river, and I was running around trying to save my actual cat. And after talking to a guide on the side of the river, I went back up into the house and I saved my cat. And when I awoke at 6 a.m. on a Saturday, I was exhausted. And as I lay there on my back, I wondered, would this voice return? Had I lost my mind? Or was this an honest-to-God spiritual experience? Find out in part two of this very special, my number one. My name is Nancy Hauer, and I'd like to thank Therese Sanderson, Angel Healer, do you feel like you're just tripping out all the time? I mean, it well, must... I think because I've had it my whole life. Yeah. That, it, for me, it's like that I don't watch TV. <laughs> because... Because it's too much. Yeah I, yeah. I have this amazing access, and I love it, and it's... No, I love it. Carrie Franklin. I love that you are having this very uncomfortable, challenging experience. Kirk Ward. This is a fucking spiritual experience. Francis Collier. And I, I would be like, you know what, God? People aren't going to be free until we stop, you know, treating each other so poorly. It would be conversations like that. Deborah O'Neill. Does it ring true for me? And mm -hmm. if, it if it rings true, then I accept it. And if it doesn't, I just know it's not my message. It's not for me. And Chris Henriksen. You know, all initiations, they happen in three stages, generally speaking. So there's some, some you can get into more detail than three, but there are three broad stages of initiation. The first is separation from what you've known, mm -hmm. like whatever the status quo was in your life. The second is some kind of ordeal or challenge. And then the third is the return. So coming back to, it's like a homecoming, coming, coming back to your village. Therese Anderson can be reached at the angelicoasis.com or theresanderson.com. She works remotely or in person. None of the healers have paid to be here. Enter at your own risk.